Welcome to podcast 18-006. My name's Ryan Stevens. I'm here with my buddy Rob Hefley. This is Forged by Fire. Today we're going to talk about martial arts, wheel kicks, and mullets, baby. Mullets. I'm an expert on mullets from having one to my... You rocked a mullet? Uh, for quite a while. My brother's still got one, kind of. He's got long hair, actually. It's business in the front, party in the back. All day long. Do we meet again, my friend? Pottsville. Oh, Let's man. get it. Uh, Pots was a great place to be at. Come on, starting to get hot. You remember that uh, level in Mario where the sun tries to kill you? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it feels like in Arkansas right now. Dude, like, <laughs> I thought my tires were going to melt off my truck coming here, bro. It's still better than living in California. Well, very well. That is a great statement. And Afghanistan or Iraq, right? So, dude, life's been good, man. Tell me about your grid coordinates. What are you up to? Where are you at? Mentally, physically? Well, physically, I'm still destroyed because I had a friend that talked me into doing Murph with him. I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> and wearing a vest and wearing BDUs and boots. And so, you know, after after getting a massage and after, you know, getting my wife to rub my back too and, you know, working out a little bit and a whole lot of pull time, I, I can walk kind of straight now. Dude, tell, so for the listeners that don't know, what is Murph? Man, Murph is a, man, this workout, CrossFit wasn't the first one to start it, but they have hero wads, kind of what they're known for. But Murph's an actual workout. Uh, Michael Murphy's his name, correct? That's uh, right. Uh, the movie, I'm trying to think of the movie. What's the name of the movie? Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. You guys can watch that and kind of see the Hollywood version of it. But it was a workout he did really often. And uh, That's right. You know, you run a mile, you do a 300 air squats, uh, 200 push-ups, 100 pull-ups, and run a mile and a vest, 20-pound vest at least. Yep. And nothing, nothing easy about it, really. It sounds easy, right? And that's a little bit about ego, which we'll talk in the podcast. But you say that and people are like, that's it. I can do easily. I can do that. And then what happens? You get about halfway in and you're like, F my life. You start to realize that it's a lot of work in a short amount of time. Well, Ryan did it in a mask, too. If you guys know what a gas mask is, if you've ever had one on, you can't really breathe that well, which, you know, he's, he's a little bit crazy, but, you know, it made it made it more, I guess, I don't know, what, what was that experience like? Cause Dude, what the, uh, there's something, I've been doing a gas mask for a long time, and people say, why do you wear it? You learn a lot about yourself because it's quiet in the gas mask. You can hear yourself breathe. And it just, it makes you struggle. It makes you force yourself to breathe. And I don't know, man, I really learn a lot about myself wearing that gas mask. Man, I just... And it's weird, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't know. But I really enjoy it, man. Um, and plus, it's about leading from the front. You know, I want to be able to get out there and inspire others. One day, I hope, Rob, I hope that people can say, you know, because of Ryan, because he inspired me, I never gave up. Because of him, he's the one that I obtain things. And that's kind of what motivates me. And also knowing that, you know, Lieutenant Murphy, he was, uh, I think it was Operation Red Wings. And they were in Afghanistan, uh, depicts it in the movie Lone Survivor. He went out and heroically put himself out in front of fire because they couldn't get comms and they needed backup. So he walked out, put himself in front of fire to get comms, call for support, um, Was got wounded. And then fought to his last breath. And so what? A Murph, a little bit of exercise, right? So when you start to suck wind, you start to hurt your arms, the pull-ups seem like they're stacking up on you. You just mentally say, dude, I got more in the tank, right? I didn't suffer anything like LT Murph. You know what I mean? And I think one of the cool things about it too for me was uh, a refined CrossFit, like a 
hosted, you know, Sheepdog Skills and, and those people. How many people did you have from Sheepdog Skills? How many people was there, I guess, from the range too, just to... We S7. had probably... So we put it out to our people for S7, and I think we had 25 show up. So I think it was about 25 people. And then also other people got inspired too. They were like, hey, dude, I saw your post on Facebook from S7 Tactical. And they were like, hey, I want to come out. You you motivated me to come do the Murph. I would never do it before. Uh, we had two wives show Your sister-in-law, up. man. Dude, just straight rogered up and was like, hey, let's get it. Her knees look like she would be crawling <laughs> through glass. I felt so bad for her. Yeah, you should have seen the next day. She couldn't even like brush her hair. And Murph's good. If you guys get the opportunity, man, it's Memorial Day weekend. Refined CrossFit. They're a lot like our family. Uh, the owners, you know, Aaron Burke. A good, good dude. If you guys get a chance, they host it every year and uh, just keeps growing. Uh, it's a good way to sacrifice because others have sacrificed. It's really, really good. I challenge everybody to come out. Man, that's what, you know, you know, back to that though, the whole thing about a Memorial Day is, you know, is to remember the fallen. I think a lot of times people think Memorial Day, they think about cells, they think about even Murph, you know, can get an exercise part. And that's just a, that's a momentary suffering and saying, hey, this is where I want to remember you know, all the fallen brethren, all the people. And it's a different, it's a different way to celebrate that. But I think, man, it's such a realistic one because while I'm doing that, you know, I think about, you know, tons of friends. Um, I, I messaged one of my friends, he's a Navy chaplain that day. I know it's not Veterans Day, but, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking all the people, stuff he's had to do because he, uh, he joined about the same time you did. He, he was a Marine Reserve and actually became a Navy chaplain. And um, just uh, that to say every day I'm coming back to do this and, you know, um, being around, being around a lot of stuff. He's seen a lot of stuff, but I was sitting there thinking about that and just a uh, Memorial Day, man, it's a different way to celebrate. And next year, Hey, I challenge you just to go out. You say, I couldn't do that home workout, you know, go out and do a fourth of it, man. Do a half of it. They have a thing <laughs> called mini Murph. Oh yeah. There's, I mean, like you can, you can scale it to whatever level. Um, this was the first time I've ever wore BDU's boots and a vest. Doing Welcome it. to the day, Joe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I was sitting there. I just wanted to finish. That's all I wanted to do. Dude, you did a good job, man. It was really cool to see people out there. What about Moose? Yeah, Moose is awesome. And that, and that's where, you know, that part of it, just a cool thing. Dude, Moose, Moose is a stud, man. I think he was, uh, I don't know what he's weighing right now, maybe 265. Dude, and he's like, hey, it ain't going to stop me. Went out there. What about Cody Sublet? Cody Sublet's got Parkinson's, man. He's dealing with some stuff, and he came out supporting us. Um, dude, it's just really cool to see people show up and just say, you know what? I'm going to get out of the norm and get after it. And I think that's what's really cool. Yeah. Well, man, about grid coordinates, you know, Merv, awesome. Body's recovering. Um, it's in there. Just uh, got a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to the Plexus convention next week. Uh, excited about that. My wife on a trip to the Bahamas, you know, getting ready for that. They got our passport and flights, you know, excited about today. She got her flights to Nassau and, uh, you know, like excited about this month. You know, been hanging out at the pool a lot with the kids and, and working, uh, just a ton of good stuff going on, man. Uh, I got to celebrate your birthday this week. Yeah, man. I'm getting old. I got knobby knees, right? Yeah. No hair. Dude, I'm living life. And uh, I mean, that, I mean, just just a good week for me and excited, I guess, about, you know, it's about life and seeing the good stuff coming up and uh, just my Greek coordinates are good, man. Wife and me are good. And, and seeing also all you guys been sending reviews, sending texts and messages oh, to me and Ryan, huge, big deal. How, I mean... Honestly, let's be realistic. How many do you think you've get you've got in about a week or per day? I mean, what do you think? How many? Man, I get two or three a day usually, and uh, I'd agree with that. That's what I'm getting as well. And we have about I think eight hundred something downloads now, which is you know 
uh, huge deal to me, you know, sit there. I was like, Hey, we get like 10, 12, you know, our friends and, uh, to listen to it. But, you know, thank you guys for that. And also, like I said, if you listen to it, you know, like it, don't like it also tell us, you know, constructive criticism, cause we're still learning, still doing this and send it to us. Um, and also if you like it, rate it on iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher or whatever you listen and to it. I think too is share it. Because yeah. uh, the reason why I'm doing this, I don't care about being famous. I could care less. I really care less if it ever gets big. I care about helping other people level up. You know, I shared it with you already, Rob, is that guy who came to me in the parking lot after the Murph and got teary eyed. And he said, dude, I listened to the podcast about posing and he just broke down. He just said, man, I don't even know who I was. I've been lying to myself. He's like, man, you are inspiring me to be a bit better man. And if we can do that, Rob, let's do it. And then he said, um, you guys kind of motivated me to do do Murph. Uh, I woke up in the morning and I was going to make excuses that I don't think I could finish it. And he started lying to himself. And then he used the thing compared to what? Compared to what? Murph's difficult compared to what? Compar- compared to drowning in the ocean, compared to fighting a shark, compared to fighting 10 ninjas, right? With a slingshot. No, it's not that hard. And so then he jumped up and did it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's awesome. Those stories, I yeah, keep them coming and keep on just, just telling us cause, because that puts fuel in our fire. Um, you know, it's kind of getting started. You know, we kind of have a special, special uh, thing. Something, Ron, he is a specialist in this, I feel like, you know. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. No, I feel like he's a really special, you know, like the spectrum of violence. This is one of those ones that he's very, very well trained in. And just martial arts, you know, uh, the name, um, Mullets and Will Kicks, you know. I just kind of got a couple stories uh, going to come out of this. But, you know, um, for you, like, you know, just getting us started, man, what's, what is martial arts to you, Ron? Do martial arts is, I believe every man deep down inside has a warrior inside them. Um, no matter what you do, I don't care if you're a programmer, if you're a doctor, if you work a blue collar job, you work in the oil field, you work in law enforcement, everyone deep down inside of them has a warrior and it just takes someone to cultivate it a lot like a farmer. And so some men will say, uh, well, you know, it's not really for me. It's not true. Back in the day, it had to be for you. If you weren't a warrior, you couldn't protect your family. You couldn't kill a saber-toothed tiger. You know what I mean? You had to have it. So I think there's this deep yearning uh, for men to go out and get some sort of training. And two, I found it across the board, man. I've been very fortunate to train military and law enforcement personnel for a long time. Is they want to know where they are on the pecking order. I always find that no matter what school I go to, no matter what training, you get 10 men in a room, they want to know where the pecking order is. And the way to find that out is, you know, bang a rang, you know, a little bit of training, getting after it. And then you start to find this pecking order. You know, what's really cool too, when the pecking order is established, everybody's cool with it. You know, I'm cool with being the 10th one in the room, you know, once it's established. But what's crazy though, I think it's also the ultimate truth is martial arts, is getting after it, truly getting after it. Not this, what we'll talk about later, this false martial arts, this fake crap. It's, I think when you really get down to the true purity of violence, there's a lot of truth there. You start to find out a lot about yourself. 
You know what I mean? I mean, I think a lot of humility too, though. Man, I, I look, I look back even like you know the Gracie stuff when they first started, like ninety three. Yeah, people. Yeah, but people that thought, who are these guys? You know, like I, I'm going to kill them. I'm twice their size. You know, I got you know those things. But I was like the humility part. I think anytime anybody's ever got on the mat and they don't, they're like, oh, it looks really easy. I'm, I'm stronger. I'm bigger. But no. No, it's like, it's the most humbling thing probably there is. Dude, it's still humbling. I think there's something about it. You know, you look up, I've been, I've been getting after it for probably, I don't know, maybe 13 years now. I remember when I joined the Marine Corps, that was kind of the big jump for me. I mean, I did martial arts when I was a kid and I've always had a passion for it, but it really pushed me forward when I joined the Marine Corps and the Marine Corps had this thing called the Marine Corps martial arts program. And I ate it up and there was a guy named Sergeant Barraza and he was just a mammoth of a man. I looked up to him. He's kind of like a father figure and dude, he would whoop our asses. And I was like, I need to get some of that. What does he have that I don't have? You know, and he had the knowledge. He had the knowledge, not information, knowledge of martial arts. But here's one thing. Tell me about, you said your childhood doing, doing martial arts as a, as a kid. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I don't, I, I think it was like, I mean, we were, we were po. We weren't even poor. I couldn't even buy another O, dude. We were, we were po. You know, I joke around all the time. Like I thought milk came from a carton. You know what I mean? My teacher was like, oh yeah, you know, uh, milk comes from a cow. I'm like, no, you, you're bonkers. <laughs> That's hilarious. It, it, it actually comes in a box and you have to add water. So I was poor, but I think they offered like free karate class at church or something. And my parents would drop me off and just leave me there most of the day. Dude, I loved it, man. I mean, it was old school horse stances and wheel kicks. You know, I remember the first time I broke a board, I'm like, that's it. I'm taking over Korea. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I remember like, you know, what about I, you, dude? man, we had that, you know, the illegal satellite. So missing in action one, two and three with Chuck Norris, you know, watch that blood sport. I remember the first time oh, I watched blood sport, love blood sport, you know, Jean-Claude plays Frank Dukes. And I remember watching it. it we had the, then the satellites at like a Showtime East and Showtime West, you know, came out later. I watched it once. Then on the West channel, I watched it again. And, uh, I remember like, you know, just beating on stuff and, uh, sitting there just, you know, loving, you know, karate kid and doing my crane kick, you know, out there and, you know, had all that stuff. But, um, my first like real exposure to it was I was like 10 years old. My parents had just got divorced and we moved from the sticks, the mountains down to a, you know, actual town. And they had a karate, like a little karate academy, man. And I went to it, you know, I'm 10 year old. Did it look like old school, like Cobra Kai where everybody was in there? Like, <laughs> no, it was like, it was, it was storefront, but it was about, you know, storefront, not that really that nice of a building. And, you know, this guy had like the come over perfect hair and, uh, Man, he uh he didn't like me though because I had a mullet. I mean, I had like you know, yeah, <laughs> real deal mullet. You know, I said you know, business in the front, you know, short on top, in the back, I had long hair, straight up partying. And in he the was back. like, he would make fun of my hair, man, and like you know, he's like, you so you could grab the back of my head. I'm like, okay, you know, and uh, I remember that was like not a good experience for me because I was like, you know, why, you know, why, you know, I didn't understand. I was ten years old. My parents are divorced. You know, had a ton of stuff going on, but I was thinking, you know, so you're going through a hard time, and he stepped on you. Yeah, and I was like, you know, like mm. as a kid thinking about that uh, um but you know i went for a while i remember that and i remember practicing my katas you know sitting there the stuff uh just to learn and did uh, that close you off for martial arts for a while because um, of that dirtbag instructor I, I think some parts of it did because uh just you know even you know coaches whatever any kind of authority figure i mean I, man 
I mean, I still have problems with authority figures, I think, but you know, my dad, <laughs> my dad, you know, I'm like, I don't like to work for anybody or do anything, but you know, then my dad, then that, you know, then just sitting there and I had some good coaches too, thank God. Um, but you know, some good men that seem good in me, but those things that you, I think, it, especially with kids, man, you never know what they go home to. And I, I, I've so learned true. that counseling. I've learned that, you know, you never, you know, they might look good, might have good clothes, but they might have a jerk dad that's, you know, they're not good enough or they can't perform or, you know, you know, what are you doing wrong? Um, sometimes you know, I, that part, I always, especially with kids, I've, I've gotten a lot more grace because I was like, Hey, you know, what are you learning? What are you doing? You know, cause there's something, there, there's a reason usually why kids, you know, usually kids are not, they're, they're not just all diagnosable. It's usually that, you know, diagnosable is having crap parents is what it is. Dude. What if I told you it's the same with men, you know, cause right now I train, I train law enforcement, military, I train civilian folks. I get trained by military law enforcement folks and it's the same. You know, you see a guy who's just super aggro in there. It's There's some deep hurt inside of him. Or a guy's got super ego. He just doesn't know who he is yet. Or he's looking for Matt validation. He's the guy that always wants to, he'll tap somebody and then look around who saw it, who saw it. Somebody had to see it, you know. So there, it's the same thing as, as, as kids and adults. You know, I tell you this, though, about your story, Rob. I tell people all the time as an instructor, and I learned this from a guy named Billy Cunningham. He said um, that you should never have, an instructor should never have to apologize to his students. Meaning, because there's times where a student might hit you or hurt you or whatever, and then your ego flare up. And if you act out of ego or anger, you'd have to say sorry, right? And so, uh, or if I say something that's unprofessional, you shouldn't have to apologize to a student. You know, you can look, you could tell a student, you know, he wants to challenge you, just tell him, no, I don't want to fight you. You know what I mean? You just tell them, no, I don't want to fight you. Because you're confident in who you are and your ability, not that you're lying to yourself, just you know that you're, you know, why put yourself in that situation where you'd have to apologize to them? You know what I mean? And I mean, I think that's a lot of times that struggle of uh, insecurity, though. I mean, men are, the insecure is like, I can't say, I can't, do, you know, I've got to prove myself right here and that, that I'm enough. And I think sometimes people don't understand that. And you still, I mean, you see it in all things. And man, I grew up with some, some friends that, man, they would fight everywhere we went. It didn't mean if there was like two versus 30, they would pick a fight. And it was just like yeah. um, one kid like that. I didn't meet him until he was in college. And uh, man, I was like, dude, you're going to get us killed sometime. But he said, you know, as a kid, he would fight all the time because he was always constantly trying to prove himself. Yep. Well, I think, and that's a thing of, about men is there's something deep down rooted. I mean, you think about it, Hefley, when you were a kid, did you wrestle folks? Yeah, you, of course you did. You played GI Joe. Yeah. It's just, it's who we are in our nature. If you boil us down to the original version before you picked up all the baggage of life, right? We're carrying like a nomad, big backpacks of crap. We, we loved getting rough. That's why you take grown men and you do like sparring drills or body control or like pummeling or arm drag drills or clinch drills. And at the end, you just see these huge smiles on people's face. Why is that? Is because we're going down to the core of who they are. Right. That's, that's the fire touching that fire. We even say that a sheepdog show said, dude, you got to touch the fire because if you don't get close to the fire, dude, you start lying to yourself. I hear it all the time, bro. If I, if I fight you, I will see red and you don't want me to black out. Cause I'll just beat you up. And I'm like, 
you're an idiot. You know, what do you mean you don't believe? What do you mean you black out? What do you, you after, after you choke them out, like, welcome to the dojo. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the dojo. Yeah, so what happens is, dude, they, they lie to themselves. So you have to get close to the fire because there is this weird thing with martial arts that if you go unchecked, your ego, it's almost like a dripping faucet into a cup right? This cup starts to fill and fill. And I think that's where we get this bullshit martial arts where people throw fireballs and touch knockouts. It's crap. It's not true. Um, and I've had, I've had people challenge me like that, you know, and what happens is it just, I think this, this ego drips into this cup and cup and cup. And what happens is you got to meet a dude to empty the cup once in a while. And, uh, dude, you have a little bit of humbleness. That's what's so dope about jujitsu is because you're going to meet that dude on the mat all the time. You're going to meet them. There's somebody out there who will punch your ticket willingly. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. Another thing, too, to continue my story, I did, uh, I guess it's been almost probably six six or seven years ago, I, I did, I went to jiu-jitsu and MMA class for quite a few months. And then, uh, actually, I just last week went to my local one here and uh, actually bought my rash guard, bought my shorts and, you know, Judson went there for a couple months. He yeah, started going back. Dude. So, uh, I got taught to, uh, Adam It's going to let me borrow one of his geese till I get a gi in. So, uh, dude, I'm proud of you. I got a gi too. If you want to borrow one, I don't think, I think you should be a little bit tight on me. What, you know? what are you an A5, A6 or what? Dude, I'm not you know? that big, man. Like that's like five XL. What are you an A4? A4. I got A4s. Yeah. So yeah, I got a couple A4s. That, you know, that is uh, going to... I'm proud of you, dude. Yeah. You know, but I mean, that's too, like one of those things is I know that I'm probably going to be the weakest there. And uh, I know I'm probably, you know, had the less, but I think as men, if you can get over yourself about that stuff, because even at Murph, I knew I was going to do horrible at Murph, but it was about finishing it. It was Ooh. about walking to the door. And that's what I think so many men, if you guys can get over yourselves um, about, it's like, hey, just try it. Just do it. You know, sit there like that part of the humility part was like, hey, this experience I've learned so much for in my life is like, I want to do a lot of stuff that I'm not good at and experience it, you know, man, and take it away and say, instead of saying, I'm going to sit on my couch and not do anything I wished I would have, or I'm not going to do that just because I'm not good at it. Yeah, dude, fell forward, man. Go and go and expose yourself. What men like to do is they like to, they do things that they're good at. You know, I see it on the range all the time. Guy be like, oh man, I'm so so good with the pistol, and he'll shoot in his comfort zone, and maybe that's five to ten yards or whatever, and he just knocks the circle out, the bullseye, and then I move it out to twenty five, and all of a sudden things change, because I took him out of his comfort zone. Or a guy with a bolt gun, and we experienced that experienced that last week when we did our precision rifle course, you know, marksmanship course, and guys were comfortable. And then all of a sudden, what you did a couple burpees, pushups, flutter kicks, sprinted a little bit, got behind the bolt gun. Then things change is because they're taking you out of your comfort zone. You know, yeah, you want to fail. That's the thing. You should go to your failure. Check this out, Rob. What if I, I have a strong point, right? And then I have a weak point. Everybody does. I don't care who you are, right? It might be knowledge. It might be, you know, uh, your strength, actual strength. It might be your cardio, whatever it is, right? So you have a strength. Then you're going to have a weakness to that. Well, if I go to my weakness and strengthen that, now I got two strengths. I mean, it's just that simple, but guys don't do that. They run from it because they don't want to look good. Like, I'm not good at pull-ups. I'm not. So I get up in the bar and I look like I'm having a full body dry heave to get my chin over the bar. You know what I mean? Because you should, you should fail forward. I mean, that's exciting stuff about that. You're just doing that. And I'm excited about, you know, like the go ruck, the stuff we got planned and also about, you know, the jits class. But, you know, the next question kind of just moving on, like why martial arts, you know, why, 
Why should people do it? Um, a good guy named Leon Matthews. He's um, here in Conway. I really like him. He's humble dude. Uh, uh, men of not many words, man. He just he's, he sticks to himself. But him and I started training jujitsu, kind of like uh, combatives more than jujitsu. So like in BDUs, uh, battle dress uniforms or camis. And we were training at a CrossFit gym. And they had like a little pad and we were training and he caught the bug, dude. He caught it. He got in there. He just realized there was a whole encyclopedia that he's never read. He got down there and just like, dude, this is so new to me. And what I find is people that are very intellectual, right? Cerebral. They love martial arts because it's, it's almost like solving a puzzle. It's like playing human chess. So he got down there and he really enjoyed it. He got, he got into a local gym called Gravitas here in Conway. And I do it. I love those guys down at Gravitas, Danny dream. Uh, he's my black belt out of little rock. Love that guy. And, uh, he got started, man. And I asked him, I said, dude, why, why, why do you like it? He said, dude, I have an outlet now. Like I, I work in a cubicle, I get up, I live this cycle. And so sometimes I, I feel like a caged animal. And so he can get on the mat and he can just unleash and get jacked up, right? Jack people up. And then at the end of the mat, know where he stands and all that negative energy can be put out on the mat and accepted by his brothers. And you're going to find a lot, like we talked about a band of brothers that's built on the mat. And so I challenge, man, our listeners, you need to get out and be doing something. I mean, what are you really doing? What are you really challenging yourself? So many men, Rob, check this out. So many men will tell me, Rob, if a guy ever comes into my house, I'm beating him down. If a guy ever comes into my house to hurt my family, I'll kill him. And you know what my answer, my question is that? How do you validate that answer? What constitute your answer constitutes that answer? What have you done to prepare for that? And I get this stare like this. Uh, I watched the Rambo first, bud. Yeah, that copy. <laughs> so you're completely not prepared. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like, what are you? What are you doing? And what I find is a lot of times, Rob, men will chalk things up in the in the past and bring them current to today. So we say is what you do. Uh, uh, what you do today is a validation, right? Your past is an indication. Your past is an indication of what you can do. What you're doing today is a validation of what you can do. Meaning that, yeah, you used to wrestle in high school. You were a high school wrestling champ. Bro, it's, that's 30 pounds ago. You're not that, that guy anymore. I'm not the guy I was when I was in the Marine Corps. Ron, I got muscle memory though, dude. Yeah, well, that doesn't count. Well, okay, yeah, go ahead and bring that up. 30 pounds, bro. Like, oh, that's, the, that's the indication though. The indication, you still do have muscle memory. It is in there. But your chassis changed, bro. You used to drive a Ferrari in high school. You're now rocking a Honda Civic with, you know, on chrome bus rims with a wobbly transmission. You know, that's the thing that I try to get men to understand. It's really hard for me to break those barriers without checking their ego is to say, bro, that ship has sailed. Yesterday's wins don't push today's sails. What are you doing today to prepare yourself when they say, well, Ryan, I'm not worried about getting hurt. Well, maybe you live in a community that's gated and you never have to worry about the boogeyman coming. But let me tell you, just watch the news. I mean, we're living in a world where home invasions, I mean, school shootings, I mean, everything that to find yourself, there is a chance. 
and the chance happens and you don't have the skills to protect yourself across the spectrum of violence, guess what? You're done, son. Um, and that right there, I mean, great, great answer for why. Uh, the next question, what's most effective, run, gun, or knife? You know. Mm, dude, um, most effective martial arts, is that what you're asking? Or like, you know, what's most effective, those things? Because, I mean, mm. here's the thing about, you know, if you don't have to use a gun, you can take it away from you. A knife, you know, always run from knife, I think, because any idiot can slash. And then, uh, you know, martial arts, the one thing, I mean, there's so many martial arts too. I think that's the part. I think some people get caught up because they think which one's better. Yeah. Are you ready, dude? That's what you should do. Right. So the best thing is if, if you get in a fight, you should run, you know, here's something to ask you, Rob. Okay. I'm just going to ask you a question. I want you to answer, answer honestly. All right. So you're walking through Walmart and, uh, this was passed on to me by a guy named Roger Hudson. So you're walking through Walmart and you're walking with your wife, Right. And uh, maybe your kids too, right? So you're walking through Walmart and a guy's on his phone and then he bumps you with his shoulder. I mean, like almost knocks you over and you turn and look at him and then he pushes you and then walks off. What do you do, Rob? What do I do or what I want to do? What do you want to do? <laughs> I know that's it. What do you want to do? I want to grab a jar of pickles and him to back the head with them. That's what I want to do. You know, that's not my first, which is not good. You know, I don't think the impulse because my kids are watching, my wife's watching. That's it. And I'm like, first, I probably ask him if he was okay. Then he needs some help. Mm, that's good. In a smart out there. Hey, bro, you need help? <laughs> I right? was like, is everything okay? Do, you, I need, do I need to call someone for you? Yeah. You know, so what happens is a guy checks you like that and you, and it, it hurts your ego. And so what this guy, Roger Hudson, told me, he said, he said, is he hurting your ego or is he hurting you? That's powerful, bro. Right? Is he hurting your ego or is he hurting you? When he hurts you, it's time to get it. If he's hurting your family, it's time to get it. But is he hurting your ego? You walk away, dude. Walk away. Why? Live to fight another day. I've got to defend my honor. Dude, you might win the fight, but lose the battle. Meaning like I might win the fight, choke him, beat him down. And then what? I rolled my wrist and now I can never throw a baseball the same. Or I might hurt my back. Or dude, you might get shot or stabbed. That's real talk. So the biggest thing is if a guy's trying to fight you, man, bounce. That's the biggest thing. I, I learn it so I never have to use it. But when I have to use it, I can use it effectively. So the biggest thing is, dude, run, get out of there. And then if you really, and this is going to piss a lot of martial arts off, right? Martial artists and guys who own gyms, but are you ready? Dude, you want to get good? Get a knife. Dude, a knife or a gun. That's how you're going to stop violent people. And that's real talk. I don't care what camp you come from. Dude, you want to get a black belt? Go buy a black knife. That's exactly what you do. Because, dude, I don't care who you are, what kind of ninja skills you got. Dude, if I've got a knife and then you try to come take it away from me, dude, here, here's a good example. We were in the Marine Corps. We had a guy who was in the Marine Corps, said he knew all these knife take away, whatever. He was doing all sorts of different martial arts. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave a couple of them nameless just so people don't get butt hurt. But um, he, we gave his seven-year-old son a marker. And we just told him to go bonkers on him, right? Just a marker, like a permanent marker. Dude, that kid tried to push the kid over, run away. That kid sliced and diced him up. You know what I mean? If I had a marker right now and I said, Rob, stop me, I'd draw doodles all over your forehead. 
You know what I mean? And that that marker would represent a knife. Oh yeah, that's I mean it's a great drill to sit there, especially somebody. Those things that we know, I think you know, definitely avoid conflict if you can. Oh. Don't, don't be macho. Don't be that man. Don't be that guy. Dude, Rob, check it out. Situational awareness and lack of ego will save you so much, man. So much. And I mean, I still, I mean, uh, man, I'm pretty laid back, but I still struggle sometimes. I'll like mouth off. And even like last night, even like keyboard struggling, you know. Keyboard tough guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. I ripped a guy I knew and actually had to apologize to him today. Did I, you really? Oh, yeah. I told him, he, was, he was making some excuses. And I'm like, dude, I was like, first I would tell you to go read Extreme Ownership. On what, you, on what you're saying. I was like, you need to read what you're writing. And he's like, you know, kept another excuse. I'm like, excuses, excuses. And I got, you know, I was like, I'm not being nice. I was like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this, but go watch Jocko's video. Good. And watch it again and again until you get what I'm trying to say to you. That ain't mean, dude. That's really good. But, but I was like, this guy, I don't know him very well. Oh. And I, you can say that stuff to me because we had that relationship. Yeah. But I was like, that's the, you need people in your life to tell you the truth sometimes. And I was trying to be that guy without him asking me to be that guy. Uh-oh. How'd he take it? Um, Pretty good. He didn't, he didn't like, you know, block me or anything or he didn't. That's, I messaged him. I was like, hey, dude, sorry. If I can help you be a better person, message me back. Dude, I got a question for you, Rob. What happened when you were in school? And you mouthed off to somebody, right? You just piped off or you, somebody's walking through the hallway and you push the books out of their hand. What happened to you, Rob, back in the day? We, I was like tall, skinny kid. You know, I was pretty laid back, had a lot of friends. Um, but like, I remember like most of our fighting, most of it was like in basketball, dude, we would wrestle and lock. I mean, like until, and just like roll around, look like, you know, now kids would probably, parents would freak out if they saw that. But I remember the basketball bust. We're like the scrubs. Our parents didn't come to games. So we rolled back by ourselves, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. But there was a guy named C-Dub, man. And C-Dub, is, he was like 220, 6'2", like in the 10th grade. And he would like, instead of like getting actual headlock, he would put his head in his leg and like a vice, you know. But he knew his, he'd like stop. You know, he would stop, you know, before he killed us. You know, if you felt like your temples were like about to burst. and But we'd sit there and fight and wrestle and, you know, just, fun, you know, like those things. And this is like, you know, we're juniors and sophomores in high school just fighting like that. Um, but I was like, those things were like, there's a respect there, you know, like, Hey, you're going to fight back. And, uh, but that was like, you know, that now these days people freak out and even like that one day, me and you were letting Logan and Judson like go at it with sticks. Yeah. yeah. Our wives were like, no. <laughs> they had actual like handles of, of like brooms and Dude, like they being, were, they were getting it. I was like, this is going to be really cool or somebody's going to get stitches. <laughs> but I was like that part of boys need to learn how to resolve conflict. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also about respect, Rob, right? Dude, let me tell you something, Rob. This is one thing that kind of pisses me off. And I struggle with this is respect. Dude, when I grew up, you run your mouth, you paid the piper. You know, I've, I learned the hard way. I got my ass kicked a lot of times, man. I remember mouthing off to a group of three dudes. Just thought I could pipe off and get free, get out of it scot-free. Dude piped off and all of a sudden they come running across the road. Dude, I found grass. I was like, okay. Time to get my ass kicked. What's the closest thing to be, you know, soft? So instead of getting in the parking lot, I ran to some grass, turtled up and let them just kick me for a little bit. You know, there was, there's a level of respect there. And what happens is our society, men will get behind a computer and it's unchecked. You can run your mouth. People can say all the things in the world. And what happens is it's unchecked. Back in the day, I said the same things that would be on a keyboard. I get piped in my lips. You know, some guy would meet me at the bus stop and say, yo, I'm going to punch that ticket, you know? But I mean, today, you know, usually now both kids get expelled, don't they? I mean, like, that's the thing, like, 
it's not just both not one started it whatever yeah and which uh, is shenanigans in my opinion that, my I mean, humble opinion yeah and that, that part and there's always gonna be bullies there's always gonna think i mean I, my kid will always stand by him it's like hey if somebody's picking on you you know stand up for yourself listen for the for our listeners this is what you should do if you want your kid never to be bullied you need to make them a hard target you need to make them where they're confident they can stand up for themselves to know who they are and make them a hard target make them confident which brings me into a point can i can i share something rob it's the bear and it's the bear analogy you know a bear doesn't have to say it's a bear when you're in the forest and you see a big grizzly bear you ain't messing with the bear, bro, right? The bear walks, you're like, oh crap, here comes the bear. And what do you do? You hide behind a tree, you get quiet, you let the bear walk around, right? That's exactly what happens. Bullies do the same thing. Bullies will walk into the forest and they start kicking rabbits and punching squirrels off of branches. And then all of a sudden a bear comes in. Bear doesn't brag. A bear just walks in, they see it. They let the bear pass and then they go back to kicking rabbits and pushing squirrels off branches. That's what you need to do is become a hard target. When you, when you learn it, there's this, there's a nonverbal clue about you where the suspects see you and say, that's not my soft target. That's not somebody I want to mess with. So you want to train your kid to be a bear. That doesn't mean walking around being an a-hole. That doesn't mean walking around with ego, wearing a big tap out shirt, talking about how you're tough. That's not what that means. It means it's just, you're walking with a set of confidence, knowing that if you have to do it, you can use it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And that's where, you know, that part, you know, it's, I think, huge. Um, man, I just, uh, you know, all those things, that's like, like one thing I really do like about Ryan, because you, even though I met you, when I met you, I'd already heard about you, but you never said, hey, look, I am an expert at this. I can shoot, you know, there was no, like, that part. And like you said, but I knew, too, the way you, the way you held yourself, you know, you already had, like, a reputation of who you were. And I think that's, you know, that part, like you just said, was a good example about a bear, just, you know, being a hard target and, and not being that guy um, that's, you know, easy. And, but also in, through life, there's certain things we can do, but I think confidence comes within that too, that, you know, and also using your head because it's like, don't go picking fights and, and, and bullies aren't cool, man. You know, that's one thing I, I just, my whole life, I just don't like bullies. And, oh uh, man, dude, I hate bullies. I, and I don't use that word very often, Rob. I hate bullies. Like I have this deep, dark side to me. Like I'm a very optimistic, positive person and I'm always happy, but I have this dark, dark, dark chest that's sealed up with cables on it with a big padlock. And when bullies come around or, or grown men that walk around with ego and, and chest bump other people, dude, I just want to just crack the safe open and just start chin checking folks. You know, it's one of my biggest things. I hate bullies, man. It's being, you know what? And bullies hurt people, hurt people. Normally bullies are hurt. Um, and so that's why they're hurting other people or they have unchecked ego. Remember I told you that ego faucet drips into the cup for a long time and he's still banking on that deposit he made at high school that he's some high school wrestling champ. You know what I mean? I don't know how many of those dudes that I've beat up over the years. That's hilarious, man. Um, Oh, just, uh, I mean, there's tons, we could talk about that all day. Bullies is definitely a good topic down the road, but you know, like moving on, like uh, to the next thing, man, tell me what, I, I don't even know sitting there reading this. I want you to go ahead and explain this one to me. What bullshit martial arts? Yeah. Dude, I'm just going to keep it real. Um, 
martial arts and I was kind of a victim of that when I started doing like um, old school it was karate and I have nothing against karate man you do something long enough you'll be a savage like I think it's like Leona Machida he does karate I think GSP does karate or taekwondo Chuck I think Norris Chuck, Chuck Norris you know when Chuck Norris does push-ups he pushes the earth down Did you know that <laughs> oh yeah dude he has a bear in his house and uh, it's actually alive it's just afraid to get up and walk out but I mean, like, you know, the, the thing about karate too, there's so many different kinds of karate. I think, mean, you know, the, you know, Shirinru, you know, Hantaru, oh, I mean, that's the thing about that. It's kind of like different kinds of churches. Dude, yeah, I think, um, but I think it's all legit. I mean, you do Wing Chun for 20 years, you're going to be a savage. I mean, you do anything for a long period, you're going to be savage. But I think there's this hokiness sometimes to it, like fireballs and death touches and all that kind of stuff, dude. I don't know. When I was in the Marine Corps, I had some sergeant. Uh, it might have been sergeant or corporal. We are at 33 area, which is like, um, it's Camp Margarita on Camp Pendleton. And this Marine was watching us roll and he was like, we we're doing jujitsu. And he said something like, that's real gay. He's like two men rolling on the mat. That's real gay. And I said, obviously he didn't know what he was talking about. And I said, well, dude, why don't you come down? I mean, I would love to learn from you. You know, I'd love to, what, what do you, and he said, I've been doing martial arts my whole life. I was like, oh, cool, man. I, and I've been always been an eternal student. I learned that from the beginning. I said, I want to know what you know. He said, I can't do it because if I do it, did I kill you? And I was That's like, I you. was like, this guy's a moron. I was like, what do you mean kill me? He's like, yeah, I, I, I know street. I know street fighting. Right now you're doing rules. I know street fighting. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy has no clue he's like he's like yeah if, if if i use the real technique i'd probably break your neck did you ask him if he was a member of cobra guy i did not but i definitely wanted to just grab him by his neck you know and what happens is i asked him i said dude we'll come in here and do that technique let's let's see it come on get in here and roll come on let's whatever your your rules are well i do no rules okay then let's do no rules right now i'll take off the gloves i just want to learn from you do your techniques on me and he wouldn't do it why is that I mean, it's, that's an ego, I'm sure, um, part of that. And that's where, you know, he thinks that's mine's the best. And we've seen that a lot. I think the UFC in the early days, like I'm a stand-up fighter. I'm a wrestler. I'm a grappler. You know, I got all those things like you're know, talking about mine's the best and the ego too. They wouldn't fight. And some people wouldn't fight other ones. They was like, I'm not going to fight that guy. He'll kill me. Dude, and then you're not really doing martial arts. Let me tell you something. Martial arts, martial means military. So martial arts are essentially it's for killing is what it's for. It was trained for martial art. Like back in the day, real cool story, Rob, I had to do a book report type thing for, it's called a martial cultural study. I had to do it to get my black belt, uh, Marine Corps, Marine Corps, second degree black belt instructor trainer certificate. It's a long name, but back in the day, there was only like 200 of us out of the whole entire Marine Corps that were second degree instructor trainers. So I had to do this book report in the Spartans and the Spartans did martial arts. It was called, um, pancration. Pancration means all encompassing boxing, wrestling. So when people say, um, oh, I'm a jujitsu fighter or I'm a boxer, that's good. Do that. But don't talk crap and tell the, you're, you're a warrior. They're, no, no, a warrior spans across the whole spectrum of violence. Like, here's a good example. A bear is king of the forest, right? A bear walk around, bite everything. A bear owns the forest, right? That's a boxer. A boxer in a ring, he owns the ring. But if I take the bear out and I throw him in the ocean, what does he become? Shark bait. That's jujitsu. I mean, I think a good example of this right now, and I don't know, 
I mean, I hope it's not as Mayweather and McGregor. You know, you put somebody yeah. in two different. Yeah. I mean, the, the modalities. I know, you know, McGregor does box some, but I was like, really, if Floyd decided to go, you know, in the cage would really look like no. I know he's got quick hands, but what happens when he gets down and yeah, it's I be- mean, it's because they're compartmentalizing. So you take a shark and you throw it in the force. What does he become? He becomes, he becomes bear bait. So here's the thing. This is what I challenge our listeners to do. One, if you're going to pick a sport, pick a sport and use it as a sport. But if you're going to be a warrior, you have to learn the entire spectrum of violence. And the spectrum of violence might be bolt gunning somebody, gas gunning somebody, have to be a knife, punching, takedown, throws, jujitsu, wrestling, cardio. I mean, you got to take the whole entire spectrum. No matter where the fight takes you, you have to be able to be efficient, uh, not perfect, but efficient. And so that's what's really good about that. So tell me about the brain three chassis. What is what is that exactly? So when I teach people, I tell them like, um, you know, your brain needs to match your ch- chassis. Like sometimes, or your chassis has to meet your brain. Like a good example is there's guys at the CrossFit gym that are just swole up dude just look like they haven't had a carb in six months dude you look like they lift car engines but their brain they don't have the capacity mentally um they don't have the knowledge to get on the mat and be able to play human chess or boxing we see it all the time so they confuse chassis for brain capacity and then otherwise same thing guys who have brain capacity but their chassis can't you know, be a vehicle for their, for, for the brain like me. What I'm bro. thinking about right now, this is that Mr. Miyagi does not look like he's got a very nice chassis, but you know, in the movie he had the moves, you know, that, that thing right there is like the whole thing, you know, vice versa. Yeah. You know, and I, I think I, you need both though. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? I think yeah, like Mr. Miyagi, that's a good example. Like, um, when I used to train in Oceanside, I used to train with a whole bunch of dudes, Ford Jacobs, Hugh Sargent, um, Carlano and we used to train at this place called the World Academy of Martial Arts and I went in there and I it was by invite only it was literally like a fight club back in the day and this is when UFC was kicking off I mean this is when you had Dean Lister you had uh, Luazo you had um, who else did you have you had all the big names in Southern California and um I remember going out to this gym and big building the chainsaw was there. His body kind of matched the chassis. He was big barrel chested. He was, he was tough tattoos and he beat the brakes off us. But the guy who owns it, his name was, they called him Sifu, which is kind of like master. He would never fight anybody. And he had a big, huge belly, right? His mouth would say UFC, but his body would say KFC. That didn't match, bro. You know what I mean? Oh man. That sort of reminds me of one of my favorite UFC fighters. Not many people have a mullet and can rock the gut. Who, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, Roy, uh, Roy Nelson. Was it really? Is big it? country. Yeah, it's big country. Big, yeah. big belly. Oh yeah, man. That's what, you know, he would sit there, dude. You know, he didn't look, but he had the mental capacity, man, like the body. He sit there. Yeah, he does have a big gut, but you know what they say in the gym? That guy's got cardio for days. And that's what I mean by chassis. Don't get it twisted. You don't need abs to beat somebody up. I think he said he weighed 240, walked around at 246 at six foot. Think about that, man. That's more than you. I mean, uh, he's 41 years old. And, uh, but I mean, he, like you said, those things too, like your body, I think probably some nutrition there, some genetics that, but he, uh, you know, he could fight though, man. Like you said, he went, he, 
He went. Dude, a polar bear doesn't got abs and it'll jack you up, dude. Right? You know what I mean? I mean, you can have you, you can have the work output. I think that's what I mean by chassis. And so I think what you want to try to do is get a synergy between the two. And that's what I struggle with. You know, I've been doing martial arts and I still am not good. I mean, there's still guys that I met a brown belt about six months ago who just punched my ticket. I felt like I was trying to shrimp against a steamroller. He was just beating me up. I left the gym with the tail between my legs. Like, dude, do I even know jujitsu? It just lets me know how far up the mountain I got to go. You know what I mean? I mean, that's an awesome perspective there. I think that, that humility and everything in life is always good. You know, like we talked about a lot about that and about ego and, uh, you know, be humble or get humbled. I think that's, and, and I think in life though, yeah. man, that, I mean, I, it happens to me, honestly, like I said, you know, I always deal with three things and, you know, pride, entitlement and lust. And, you know, I'll be doing good two out of three most days. Then, you know, what happens is, you know, I get knocked off my heel and, you know, the pride, you know, in the Bible is a verse says it goes before the crash and, and it's true. And it's like, you know, I get my pride in check. My wife sometimes even, she does that for me. She like checks that pride. Dude, what'd she say? Oh, yeah, how, Without getting her in trouble, how she check your pride? <laughs> oh man, I'm just trying to think of the ways. I'm trying to think of ways. It's not, you know, I don't want to get her mad. <laughs> Dude, my wife, my wife would just tell me. She's like, "You're being an idiot." Like, oh yeah, oh that, yeah, yeah. She t- definitely. Even last night, and I was like, that guy. I was like stroking him, like key stroking him. You know, sitting there yeah. like, uh-huh. I'm like, but the part of that was like, hey. And she was right. I didn't have the relationship to speak to him like that because what happens is when you have relationship, real relationship with people they can speak to you a different way because it was yeah. like, Hey, I can take that and I'm not going to be mad at you. Cause I was like, you're probably telling me the truth because you love me. Yeah, this guy I didn't have that with, you know? And uh, what I tell instructors is no one cares about what you know until they know you care. Yeah. So unless they know they care about you, they don't care what you know, yeah. you know? So that's the same with instructors. You know, you stand in front of a class and you're trying to teach and you're trying to tell them how awesome you are or how they need to change. No one's going to listen to you unless they know you care. Because then you, you know you're trying to truly care about them and make a change for them. But yeah, ego is huge. I think ego is probably the biggest things for men. I got a great video I want to show you, Rob, where this wrestler comes into a jujitsu gym and uh, starts talking crap to the black belt. Well, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, the one where he slaps him around. Oh yeah. Like, what the, what would lead a man to do that? I mean. That's just complete. That's it, was, it wasn't staged though. I think, cause you know, no. I'm some, uh, I think there's a, <laughs> well, I've seen it in real life. I've seen it in real life where a guy comes into the gym and starts running his mouth and gets beat the brakes off and just gets torn out the frame. I think that's just that part of ego that, that I think about in check, no matter what you're doing in life, it's martial arts or business or basketball. There's all, you know, like, I mean, I sitting there, there's always somebody better than you are. There's always somebody faster. There's always somebody quicker. There's always somebody who has more money. There's always somebody, I mean, whatever it is. And that's where men a lot of times cannot, they have to be put in their place. And it's sad, you know, sometimes that the things that they put themselves out there and cause, and they do something it's like, why, you know, it's regret. But I was like that part of keeping yourself in check. That's why you need to have good people around you to say, Hey, you're not exactly what you think you are. You're not really that pretty. You're not, you know, really that great. You, you believe the lies. And that, that takes that kind of like what we talked about, an authentic friend, right? Because they know you're posing, right? Or you, they know that that ego faucet is dripped too long into that bucket. And it could be money, right? Right? Guy owns his own business and all of a sudden he starts, he's cash flowing. He's doing really, really well. And all of a sudden now he doesn't need anybody. He doesn't need God. He doesn't need anybody else. And uh, 
then that's when he starts to crumble, right? Oh yeah. It's, I mean, that happens all the time. Uh, it's those things, man, are just, you know, ego, we could talk. That's another a great subject because I think people don't realize how, um, how much it affects. And, and I still deal with it. And I thought, you know, forever in my life, pride, entitlement, you know, all those things that even today, entitlement, my wife on this trip, you know, to the Bahamas and, uh, crazy expensive nice trip and the first question i asked her she said she got the flights i was like did you get first class because we're not paying for it but somebody else is paying for it and you know but the moment it left my mouth i'm like that sound like an arrogant jerk yeah yeah but i was like i'm only flying unless it's first class (laughs) and you're going to some private island i'm only (laughs) going to that island unless it's first class but you know that part is like i want some i want some leg room you know that's the the part i can sit there but i can sit there and rationalize well i deserve first class Mm, you know it's a man yeah i deserve i didn't i I didn't earn this trip so i should you know say hey can i like be a stowaway in your luggage and be okay because my wife earned it. Yeah. But that entitlement, it's another thing. I think we always, those things um, that come part of it, man. And, uh, dude, ego's huge, man. You know, one thing I'm going to, I'll tell you too about martial arts that I've had a lot of debate with is um, I get a lot of guys that talk about lineage. I think it's important, you know, but understand when a fight happens, your lineage, the guy who, what I mean by lineage is like this black belt taught that black belt taught this black belt. Right. And I hear a lot in the Gracie community and, and that's where I first started. I started at Gracie community and you'd be like, well, I trained under, and you, you'll, you'll show up to some gym and be like, Hey, who do you train under? And that's supposed to be kind of a validation of who you are. So, but, and I kind of don't like that, you know, because, and that might tick some people off, but I'm just being real is because that guy's not going to come fight for me. Elio Gracie's not going to float out of the sky and come armbar the guy in front of me. When it's time to get after it, it's me and him, and that's it. It's performance on demand. Just like a, a brand of a gun won't save you, you're going to save you. The the gun, uh, excuse me, time out. I have a Wilson Combat, so you should probably get shot in the face right now. No, I'm the facilitator, right? So a brand of a gun doesn't make you that much more lethal. I mean, I mean that too, like even going with the belt part of it. You sit there. Oh, nobody, the belt, no, no, nobody. Dude. I mean, nobody pulls their belt out. You know, before the fight. Hey, dude. I think Hicks and Gracie says that um, a belt is it only covers two inches your butt. You got to cover the rest. You know what I mean? Like it just. I think what happens about That's the hilarious. belt, dude. Uh, I, uh, dude. I still suck, man. I'm still struggling. I'm still learning. I think what happens. You can never learn it all. You can't. You can't learn all of gunfighting. You can't learn all of knife fighting. You can't learn all of clinch, takedown, muay thai, jujitsu, boxing. You can't learn it all. So it's like this huge plethora of knowledge that you can just sift through and pick things out that you want, right? And so I think what happens with the whole belt system, it's like, okay, I'm now at this belt, so I'm that good. No, dude. I've tapped out black belts. I've had black belts tap me out. I've had white belts tap me out. And I'm and I'm okay to say that. You know, I'm, I'm an idiot. I get in there, I get tired, and I lean in with my head, and I get guillotined and get choked. And I, ta- I tap out, and they're like, the white belt's stoked that he type, tapped a purple belt out. And I say, dude, congratulations, man. That was a great that was a great move, man. You caught me. And so I think the biggest thing is don't let a belt determine who you are. You are lethal. I know guys right now in the Marine Corps, bro, that are getting it, that have no belt, that would just straight steal the soul right out of your body, like rip the soul out while it's playing the harp right now and have zero belts. Here's a, here's one last question I want to ask you, man. How has martial arts made you a better man? Mm, that's a good question. 
Well, first I'll say this to our listeners. I believe martial arts can make you a better man. You know, I think it's huge. There's something deep down inside of us. Like I said before, we have internal warriors and it needs to eat. It needs to be fed. And so if martial arts for me, some people say I'm crazy. Um, I'm extreme, but let me tell you, dude, I learned more about life on the mat. If a guy has ego, the ego will come out on the mat. Um, if I have attention to detail, it'll come out on the mat, right? I learn to work my business on the mat, right? During adverse conditions, can I focus to attention to detail on the mat? Can I suppress my ego and increase my humility? Can I be a good training partner? Can I be a team player, right? Do I always have to win or can I do tennis? Throw him one, he throws me one, right? So you learn all these life lessons on the mat. You know, you learn, you learn how to, how, how to protect yourself. You learn all these life lessons on the mat that can transfer directly to your life. And I'm telling you, man, there's days that I'll go, dude, listen to this. So there's times that I'll drive to jujitsu and I'm just like, get out of my effing lane. You know, use your freaking blinker. I'll drive and I'm like, how about you use the freaking correct change? And then I'll get in there and I won't even win one, dude. I'll get smashed for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And that's what I want all the listeners to know. I'm not... Dude, I am completely comfortably mid-grade, right? And so then I'll leave jujitsu, and I'm like, bro, it's our lane. We can share the lane. Dude, do you need an extra dollar? You know, like I'm just at the peace with the world afterwards. There's something therapeutic about it. And so I think it's made me a better man. It's matured me. And, uh, dude, I've become an eternal student. Like I'm always willing to learn. I don't care if it's from a white belt, a black belt, Man, I'm always learning. Dude, this year, Rob, really cool is uh, I got certified in every military martial arts. So I was a Marine Corps martial arts instructor trainer, second degree instructor trainer. I got Air Force combatives, Security Force combatives instructor, and I got Army level one combatives instructor. So I got all the branches of service. And I'm trying to go to Special Forces SOCP, Special Operations Combatives Program. I'm trying to get that. And then I've hit full circle. And why do I do that? It's because I want to continue to learn. You know, I've got a black belt and two other martial arts or a brown belt and a black belt and other martial arts. And I'm a purple belt trying to be a brown belt in jujitsu. What does that all mean? Nothing. That I'm an eternal student, always learning, always trying to improve. So what does that mean? It means for the stu- it means for our listeners to either find a group of dudes that you can trust and build a band of brothers with or find a dojo, get in there and find a dojo where they treat you like family. Man, thank you for just sharing a lot about martial arts. And we're going to be talking more about that in different episodes, but I was like, I wanted you guys to get a little grasp of what I've been learning from Ron. And even, man, I started to go to Sheepdog Skills, learn some stuff there and just like sit in the process of signing up here at uh, the local gym here. And just those things, you know, I think you sometimes out of your comfort zone, doing something out of your comfort zone and just, uh, you know, definitely do it. Just go try it. That's what I, the big thing is. But man, I just want to get a quick update on our challenge. You know, we, we did a no sugar May, uh, which was a horror, horrible, horrible challenge. Then it's kind of tell me a little bit how that go for you. Dude, that challenge has been a beast, you know, um, I've done really, really good besides yesterday. 
Uh, yesterday was my birthday and I had um, carrot cake. But you did pass up on the cupcake at, you know, I was really proud of you because I would have probably ate that cupcake in one bite because it looked really good. Dude, I feel like um, I've grown and I just want to thank you. Um, and I hope our listeners are kind of hopping on challenges as well and kind of, um, you know, consuming what we're doing and trying to maybe jump on the train as well. Because, dude, I've leveled up this month. I'll be honest. And I just want to humbly say thank you for challenging me with something so difficult. The first 15 days were very, very rough. And then now I feel like I have power over it. You know, I heard one guy say, what, what you don't control will eventually control you. I, I totally agree. And I think that they're just saying, Hey, this is something small, but you know, it's, it's a big deal. And being able to say, I can go without two weeks without sugar. I'm good. You know, if I want, but also if I'm having a birthday party, I want to eat a piece of cake. I'm okay to eat a piece of cake, you know, not, I want to eat the whole cake every day. I want to eat donuts in the morning. You know, yeah, like I a, had like the will to kill, but like, like when I used to eat, you know, cake or ice cream, I'm like, if I'm, if you put it down, I'm going to destroy the whole thing. Exactly. <laughs> now I can now. Yeah. Like yesterday I, I turned down a cupcake and some of our listeners are probably like, Oh wow. That's a big accomplishment. Do for me. That's a big accomplishment. And actually I feel leaner, man. Uh, running the Murph. I felt really good. I beat my time by, um, 15 minutes which is good. Full kit, gas mask, boots. I ran it an hour and five minutes. And for me, you know, I'm 230 pounds. Uh, for me, that felt good. You know, for some people that might be really, really slow, but for me, man, I felt like it, it was good. And I think it's because the sugar. So I want to say thanks. What about you, dude? Are you doing good with the sugar? Uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, definitely I drink less, less bad stuff. I think about, you know, those opportunities, even like yesterday, Jessica, she's like, I'm going to sign it to get the kids something. Anyone that's like, no, I was like, oh, you know, I get home. Boom. That's a you win. Know? But I was like, you know, sit there and I, I feel stronger, a lot stronger. Uh, you're looking lean. How much have you lost? Dude, I haven't weighed in probably like a week or two. Just kind of seeing, you know, my clothes are fitting better. I'm, I'm wearing silkies today. I got my Ranger panties on. Just he does right. have Ranger panties on. If you don't know, just Google it, what Ranger panties are. He, are, he is wearing, when he showed up, I said, are you kidding me? But. Think about it. I, I worked out this morning, had a call eight o'clock <laughs> directly after that. I had calls all day and have time to really take a shower and, you know, just like, you know, showing these, these long 44 inch legs off. <laughs> 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 Jessica loves them. Dude, that's awesome, man. Well, dude, I, you know what I appreciate about this podcast is one is kind of asking about martial arts. Oh, let me uh, leave. This is add value to our listeners. Ryan, I, the question is, Ryan, I want to find a gym. How do I know what's the right one? The one that treats you like family. I remember when I first started jujitsu, I went into a gym in Oceanside, California, and they treated me like family. I went inside and he, it was like old Brazilian guy. He was like, hey, Boha, hey, we've been waiting on you. And I was like, what? They're, they're waiting on me? And I looked around and, and he was like, uh, yeah, man, we've been waiting on you dude, here's a gi. And I walked in, everybody treated me like family. So you need to find a place that's, you can tell that there's a family bond there and everybody's there to level you up versus level themselves up. You want to stay away from a shark tank and a shark tank's a place where they're going to try to injure you, you know, just churning out fighters and you're just another piece of meat. You don't want that. You want a place that's going to be like family. Or your instructor grabs your mullet. Dude, or mullet wheel kicks you know some good places i can tell you right out of the get-go is um 
Uh, well, there's tons. I mean, me and a guy named Billy Cunningham, uh, we started a thing called Frontline Jiu-Jitsu, and uh, we travel all over training at places. So there's tons of them, but Gravitas and Conway, um, Danny Dreams, LDMA and Little Rock, Westside MMA, Nemesis, um, Conway Gracie Jiu-Jitsu with Tom Mulaney. Love that guy. He's so good. Fox. Um, Grandmaster Hans, there's a lot of places, man. Just walk in there and just, just go talk to them and you're going to get the vibe. Do they treat you like family? That's a place you need to go. And it's what, you know, the one I'm going to in Russell over here is Matt and Cora own it. And, uh, I just, I watched her with my kid for like three months treat, you know, mm. very, you know, sit there and just, I'm, I was like, Hey, it's easy. They treat people very well. And uh, Judson, you know, listens to her better than me. <laughs> so are, you, are they doing bulletproof? Huh? No. Uh, what's the martial art? Are they doing like, uh, what are they doing? Just, uh, I was trying to pull it up right here real quick. While you're pulling that up, um, bulletproof is a great program. Like I said, Tom Mulaney was teaching my two kids and essentially they do jujitsu. Same thing they teach adults. They just change the names to like shark bite and snake bite and make it fun, you know, and, uh, Dude, Brooklyn is a little savage, dude. We were messing around, kind of rough housing with my kids, and my my daughter straight arm barred me. Dude, and I had to like legit tap out, you know, to a five year old. She was getting it. And so, uh, but she learned a lot of that from Tom Mullaney. Uh Force is the name of the place. It's in it's in town here. Um I I think it was different than that, but she uh, you know, she ran the classes really well. And that's what you know how you treat, you know, those I don't know, you sit there and watch how people to me, how you treat kids, you know, you have patience with them. You can have patience with adults. Dude, 100%. Big deal. But, man, take us out. All right. Uh, dude, for the listeners, check your ego. Check your ego and go out and experience something tough. Try to grow. Be a man of your word. Step out of your comfort zone and hone that inner warrior, right? Forge that inner warrior. 18-006 out.